0: if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. Practice smarter, not harder. What are you doing? The MCAT Podcast, session number 326. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT, the MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by one of the marvelous members of the Blueprint Live Online team, the Blueprint MCAT team, sponsored by that's that's who sponsors this podcast. So yeah, we're joined by one of their awesome members. And we're gonna talk about practice. Practice, talking about practice as the good Alan Iverson says, because it's important. How you study for the MCAT is almost more important than what you study for the MCAT. Because remember, the MCAT is a reading comprehension test. It is not a science test. It just happens to test science, but it's a reading comprehension test. So you really, really have to understand what you're doing going into it, to make the best score possible, to get the best score possible. So go to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for their free amazing account, get access to their half-length diagnostic, their free full-length exam, all that amazing stuff to get started today. Let's go and jump in and start learning about how to practice smarter, not harder. Noor, welcome back to the MCAT Podcast. How you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks for having me, I'm excited.
0: Uh, You're welcome for having you. Uh, It is my pleasure. I'm excited to talk about a topic that I think is really important, and that is about really how much practice to do. This comes up all the time with interview prep as well. It's like, is there such <laughs> too much? Is is there a thing is too much MCAT or interview prep? I'm like, yeah, actually, you yeah. sound super robot, robotic and rehearsed in your interview. So there there's a balance there. But it's interesting for MCAT prep, I I wonder what your thoughts are and if there is such thing as too much MCAT prep.
1: Yeah, I do believe there is. Yeah, I, I definitely think there is. And I think this goes back to our idea that we've talked about before, which is quantity, sorry, quality over quantity, which is that, you know, you can do so many hours of practice and studying. But if you are not using those, that, that time in an efficient way that helps you improve, then you may not see the gains that you want to, right? So sometimes students think, the more I study, the better I'll do. And then they'll realize, well, wait, that's actually not translating to what I thought it was. And so one thing that we always tell our students is that Your practice, your review of your practice is just as important as the practice itself. So the practice questions you're doing, if you don't, whether it's part of a full length or outside, if you don't take enough ample time to analyze your practice, whether you got it correct or wrong, you will not be able to learn what, how you can improve and what are your strengths and weaknesses. And it's exactly what you want to keep doing throughout your MCAT practice so that you can continue to tailor your MCAT practice in a way that you will see those gains. So just because you are studying 1,000 hours doesn't mean you're going to get a 528, right? That, that's very much possible that you won't. And there are folks that I know who have studied so much more than maybe the average MCAT student and they were still stagnant at a certain level, like they were still plateauing, right? Because it's how much time are you taking to review what you've done? And not to just reviewing of like, oh, very quickly, let me look at the question and the answer choices. No, being like, okay, this answer, this question, like, why did I get it wrong? Was it content? Was it strategy? If it's strategy, what type of strategy do I need to improve on? Is it my passage reading? Is it my figure analysis? Is it a skill-based question in cars that I'm not doing well on? That is much more important. That actually is part of your practice hours, just as much as the actual practice itself. So there is something is too much practice, um, and you need to make sure that you don't burn out, and you will burn out. If you keep doing endless amounts of questions, and you don't see the progress that you are hoping to see you will begin to feel very discouraged and very burnt out. And that is exactly what we're trying to avoid.
0: Yeah. Do you see a difference between too much in a short period of time or too much in terms of total length? So someone who's like, I'm gonna study for the MCAT over the course of 12 months versus someone who's like, I'm gonna study for the MCAT over three months, but do it 80 hours a week.
1: Okay, nobody should be studying 80 hours a week. That's scary. Please go and take a walk, play with your dog if you have one. Um, but I would say, you know, people's life situations are different, right? Some folks, like we have talked about, have extended time of studying because they need to do that. I would say twelve months is actually quite a bit because at that point, month six, you're like, I hate the MCAT. I hate <laughs> everything that has to do with the MCAT, right? So. I would say like the max I probably have seen with folks is in in my experience is probably six months, but everybody's situations are different, right? Like maybe somebody is studying for 12 months, but they're not studying like 80 hours a week, right? Maybe because of the real life like responsibilities they have, they can only study so much every week. And as long as they're maintaining effective quality, practice and studying over those 12 months, and they are ensuring that they are focusing on their strengths and their weaknesses, and they're seeing that improvement, that's okay. But take into consideration that a year is pretty long, and you're going to start getting really annoyed with the MCAT, and you're like, I just want to get this over with. Three months is pretty common, right? Like that's what we see for most students uh, for studying for the MCAT. But please do not study 80 hours a week, right? Because again, and this is one of my awesome co-instructors, Evan, he got a 527. He even talked about burnout and how much he at one point was doing way too many practice tests and he started to see a score decrease. And so that was one of those, the, the fallacies of too much practice because he was, o- he was getting overwhelmed. He wasn't giving himself enough time to review and improve in between. So even if you are studying for three months, that doesn't mean you go crazy on the hours, right? If you're a full-time, if you're full-time studying, I would say 40 hours a week max, right? Think of it as a full-time job. That's not residency because residency is <laughs> Right? Is it 80 hours? I don't even know. It's 80
0: hours, averaged over uh, four weeks. So 80 hours a week, averaged over four weeks. So there are going to yeah. be times in residency where you work more than 80. <laughs> I <hours>. know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like this isn't residency. Don't put yourself in residency yet. When we're trying to, we'll get. You'll get to that point eventually. So that's the thing to consider: is that quality over quantity. Uh, your capacity, not burning out, because the moment you burn out, that is, that can, that that can be a spiral. Like it's not fun and it could really throw you off your game. Mm -hmm. Like you, at one point you may like, you may be like, I don't want to study for an entire week. I don't even want to look at the MCAT, right? Burnout is real. And even if you think you're immune to it, like, Just be careful, right? Everybody has experienced some sort of MCAT burnout. And I would say like the people with the healthiest mindsets are the ones that are realistic with their practice. And they try to make sure that every hour of their practice uh, is quality over quantity.
0: Yeah. Do you, um, have you seen a lot with students studying for a longer period of time the, the issue of forgetting stuff that they studied early on. And it's like, Mm -hmm. they spread it out so far that (laughs) they they reached the peak of their kind of mental ability to retain information.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say this is why space repetition is really important and space repetition happens in a variety of ways. So one of the most common ways for space repetition is, you know, on key flashcards, like it's built in space repetition, but Space repetition also happens with the type of questions that you do, right? So, you know, let's just say there's a topic that you studied at the, like, month one of your studying, right? And you're like, okay, maybe month three, maybe month four. You're like, oh, I'm starting – I'm worried that I'm starting to forget – this topic. So what I would do is make sure you're intentional about your space repetition, that you regularly incorporate practice from all these different topics over time so that you are still exercising your knowledge. You're still exercising um, how you would use that knowledge in passage sets, um, passage sets in the MCAT.
0: Yeah. So I I think it it comes down to when, when we think about, again, the students sitting here listening to this, or hopefully out on a walk, listening to this and, and them trying to figure out like, I, I'm going to take the test in X number of weeks, X number of months. I have using my, my blueprint MCAT, uh, study planner tool that Mm -hmm. everyone gets with a free account. They're, they're using that tool. They see how much is on their plate.
1: Oh, Again, yes. <laughs> I, I,
0: I like to ask the question, when when do we, as a student, figure out, you know what, this, this year's a wash. I'm going to just push it back um, Yeah. Until I mean, next year.
1: It, uh, that's valid. I mean, I, I've been there. And I would say if you're seeing that your study plan is telling you that you'd have to study 12 hours a day, to meet, like, all the things that you want to do to be able to achieve your goal score and everything, then I would say that's when you should start considering, like, thinking about maybe pushing it to the next year. Because, again, not a good idea to force yourself to try to study 12 hours a day. Even, like, the month before, right? Like really, like you have to think about how limited our brains are in capacity. And if you do 12 hours for three weeks straight every day, you're going to burn out, right? Like anybody would. Um, so that's, that's one thing to consider is over time, as you see your study plan shifting, what are the expectations of how much you have to put in? And if it's becoming not feasible, if it's becoming overwhelming, that's when we need to reassess the testing timeline. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I think this episode goes really well hand in hand with the episode that we did previously about burnout and, and uh all of the self-care stuff that students yeah. should be doing, hopefully with their MCAT prep, getting that sleep, that uh the the number one thing that you had mentioned <laughs> that's important. Yeah. Um when when students are going through this, how important do you think it is, this, this kind of too much studying and the self-care stuff? I think a lot of students are self-isolating in a way that I, mm. I think hurts them. Instead of reaching out to friends and family that says, hey, like, I need to pick me up. I need, I need someone just to sit with me while I'm studying. Do you have anything yeah. you can study, or put on some headphones and watch some Netflix? I just, I need a body next to me.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: what are your thoughts around that?
1: I mean, it's it's not easy for us to ask help. Like, I think especially like in this path, I feel like everybody wants to. Yeah, like we tend to self isolate because maybe we don't want to admit that we're faltering. Even the smartest of people that you see with the top scores, like they faltered. They probably needed help in some way, and that's really important to remember. Is we kind of have this image and this idea of like successful people and how they don't ask for help. And I would argue, in my twenty eight years of life, (laughs) that some of the most successful people I've seen are the ones who have asked for help. Right, and. I think that maybe in the beginning, we might feel fine, like we're ready to go, like we can do this. And then a lot of times, especially in the middle, right, like when you're really deep into the trenches, like that's when it really gets difficult, because you're like, I can't see the way out, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is that can be very overwhelming. And I would say I always ask people to think of it the the other way right like if a family member or a friend asked you to help them right to study or to do this really big thing in their life like how would you respond you would be like yeah i'd love to help let me know how i can do it right so why are the standards different for you now why are they different for you for the mcat you know if we if we give this grace to others why can't we give it to ourselves and i promise having that moral support is not going to hurt you in any way, it's only going to help you. And it's going to make you feel less alone and less isolated. And it's going to help you rejuvenate, you know, like, nobody really a lot of folks around us don't understand what the MCAT is, or like, how intense it is. And having someone sometimes even sit with you and see like, how intense it is can be very validating. And they can say, wow, like, I didn't know this <laughs> was intense as it is. And, thank you for allowing me to help you out or to give you like affirmation or just kind of to be there to give you moral support. So you are not, especially our close, like our loved ones, they're not going to judge us for asking for help, right? Like you're not asking one of the other competing med school student applicants to like give you moral support. You're not asking a stranger from SDN who says that they got a 529 to give you a, to give you moral support. You're asking people that you trust that you're your supporters from day one who are championing you to give you some of that emotional and mental support that you need. And trust me, you won't regret it. Like you will not. It's, it's one of the best resources that you can use.
0: Yeah. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Kind of back on the original topic of is there such thing as too much studying, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit tangential. Is there such I mean as is, is there such a thing as too much study materials? I think oh, wow. we we know that <laughs> the, the pre med students out there that are like collectibles. They're like I'm going to collect every single MCAT book out there. I'm going to collect every single Q bank and every single yeah. like. What, what are no. your thoughts on when when students are like? Should I, should I get this set of books and that set of books or like, what, what's your answer on, on materials? Yeah.
1: I was very tempted to do that at one point too. I was like, I'm going to get every single set of book and I'm going to do all the questions that there are, which is again, folks, not feasible. Uh, Please don't do that. Right. (laughs) Do your research, pick the resource that, you know, whether you're basing it off of reviews, maybe other people that you know, have studied and really enjoyed this resource. Right. Base it, whatever metric you choose to use, use that metric and just choose one to two resources and that's it. Please do not overwhelm yourself with so many resources because you're not gonna get through all of them. You're not, right? Like it's not feasible. And especially for content review, they're pretty much the same. Like your books are not going to be so different that you're going to somehow miraculously learn something new right? Like the MCAT has a certain like parameter of what is tested on it. And that's the same thing across any resource pretty much, right? Maybe resources talk about it in a different, a little bit of a different way, right? To differentiate themselves. But there's also that like urge to do as many Q banks, like we said before, quality over quantity. If you're just doing practice questions and you're not analyzing what you're doing right or wrong, and you're still continuing to get the same scores, then what's the point of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of like qbank like Cuban questions that you've gathered, right? One to two resources. That's exactly what I did. And I'm very grateful that I did that because it was a lot less overwhelming to go through those two. And by the way, my two resources already had so much in them. And I was like, I don't even, I, I can't even get through all of this resource because there's so much, right? And, 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 and I'm, you know, that's the point of it. It's like to give you as much as possible and you do what you can. Yeah. But I promise you, you're not going to somehow miraculously get a 528 by having all the MCAT resources you possibly can. Ask the high scorers. They'll tell you they probably use one resource.
0: All right, so there you have it. Hopefully that was helpful. Practice smarter, not harder with Blueprint MCAT hope this was a helpful episode to help you on your journey to maximizing your MCAT score. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com today for their amazing free account with a half-length diagnostic, a free full-length exam, and their amazing study planner tool. Go to blueprintmcat.com. We'll talk to you later. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT podcast.